Hey there, enthusiasts. Uh, welcome to a special edition of Hero Talk. And I just want to say something before we, we get too far into this and I play the theme song and everyone joins in. This is now the second time in a row that we've actually had a separate format for Hero Talk outside of discussing movies. And I just want to make sure that people know we we don't intend for this to be the new Hero Talk format. We still plan to do movies and we still plan to do all the old stuff that we've always done. I just wanted to make sure that... It was expressed out there. We're still going to do the movies. This isn't going to be the new format of Hero Talk from now on. We didn't abandon what we were doing. Unless, of course, you really, really like this and you don't want the movies. And, of course, the only way I'm going to know about that is if you give me feedback. That's HeroTalkAtEnthusiacs.com. Now, I also want to address the actual content of, of the podcast today. We're talking about Leonard Nimoy. And it's, it's something of a memorial pod, podcast, if you would. Now, I know we've had several other very influential actors in our lives pass away in the time I've been doing Hero Talk. And for each one of these cases, I really have to stop and think about whether we're going to do one of these memorials. And it's the, the challenge is I don't want doing a memorial for one to try to cheapen the influence the other had in our lives and vice versa. The bottom line is that Leonard Nimoy was somebody who was very influential, not just for me, but for many other of my uh, associates and other Enthusiacs.com contributors. So I just felt that in this particular case, we would get together and, and celebrate his life. Alright, so that's enough of the sad stuff and enough of the serious stuff. Uh, let me hit the theme song and I'll catch you on the other side. Hey there, enthusiasts. Sorry, the serious stuff is out of the way. Welcome to Hero Talk. On today's Hero Talk, we are going to be celebrating the life and the career of Leonard Nimoy, a man who's been in many things, all of which could be their own episode of Hero Talk, and we're going to try to cram it all into one episode, and I apologize for that, but want to make sure that everyone understands uh, how much that this particular individual meant to us and how much that just his portrayal and his, his larger-than-life personality influenced us. So we're going to talk Leonard Nimoy. Uh, I want to introduce my panel. I have a returning champion, Jeff Black, uh, host of hey. the Hero Talk... Uh, Quirk. Ah, I did it again, Jeff. Host of the Point Streak <laughs> podcast. Frequent Hero Talk contributor, Frequent however. Hero Talk contributor, host of the Point Streak podcast, uh, also known as Baron Fang. Jeff, how you doing? Good, man, good. And I also have, for the first time on Hero Talk, Mr. Michael Griffith himself, Goose. Goose, how are you? Doing all right. All right. Uh, and just because it's Hero Talk, and I have to say this and get it out of the way, since we are talking about all things Leonard Nimoy, there's going to be spoilers in there, and so we couldn't even imagine how many Star Trek movies are probably going to spoil. Mm. Uh, not to mention Transformers the movie, so... And, and plus, <laughs> I mean, there's everything else out there. The, the guy has been in so many different things, so... As you know, our, our basic rule is if, as long as it's been properly released, we consider it fair game for spoilers. So, this is your warning. You've been warned. Alright, so, as, I, as I've said before, I, I go through and I look at the IMDb page on Leonard Nimoy, and I just kind of want to familiarize myself with some of the other characters he's played, besides uh, Dr. Spock, and it, it really occurs to me, he's played Dr. Spock a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely, I mean, his signature role, no doubt yeah. about that. You know, it's, because I, I look through it, and because he was, I mean, he was a working actor since the, oh, shoot, how long ago, like the 50s, right? Yeah. So you, you look through, and he's been in, like, all these 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 shows, and, like, these one-off, a couple episodes here, and, and a couple of short movies and TV series, and then all of a sudden, 
Somewhere towards the late 60s, he picks up on this role for three seasons on this, this, this Star Trek show that I don't even think was all that popular back then, if I'm being perfectly honest with myself here. It was, uh, it, it was a show that had its fan base, but uh, it wasn't the cultural phenomenon that it became yeah. <laughs> in time. <laughs> but, I mean, it seems like almost right after that, man, it's, it's, it's all Star Trek. And, I mean, he's been in a, in a ton of other shows. He was in, we, we've said, uh, Mission Impossible. He was in, he played Paris. He was the Master of Disguise, I believe. Um, let's see, he did the Star Trek animated series. I don't know if any of you guys had seen that one. Yeah, bits and pieces of it, yeah. Uh, and uh, in uh, what's the one goose uh, where he was the host of the show about the paranormal? That was in in search of. Um, I believe so. Yeah, yes. in search of. Yeah, you know that one, Greg. It's, yeah, it's like, you know, you know... it because they all kind of merge together in my head because <laughs> it, it seems like as soon as you're done doing Star Trek, that's the next thing you do is you do one of these reality like serious di- uh, drama shows. Uh, I think Jonathan <laughs> Frakes did Ripley's Believe It or Not, and yeah. William Shatner did Rescue Nine One One, and. Well, so, and, Shat- and Shatner's done another show recently called "Why is What's it? It's like it's phrases a question question like "Why is that?" or "Why is no. that so?" Or, or William something. Shatner. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna, I've always wondered because <laughs> these guys they've been in so many different things together. You know, based on Star Trek. Do you think William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy like actually liked each other? I I, th- I think they they must have grew to respect one another more, particularly after the series ended. I mean, they both <laughs> wow, they both directed... that was a backhanded comment. Have I ever heard one? Well, no, I'm I sure after he didn't have to see him every day, he probably didn't hate him nearly I mean, as much. I mean, during the you you read a lot and hear a lot about how you know Shatner had top billing and he was probably the biggest star. I mean, I don't know, neither of them were big stars, but they were. I think pretty much everyone in the cast was a working actor at that point. Um, and Spock kind of became the you know the, the lightning in a bottle type character that that really put the show over the top in terms of popularity so and i think possibly there was some you know resentment um um and, and I, I i gather probably during the run of the show that got worked out but o- over time they must have realized that really what was what what made it special was that friendship stuff and you know the fact that they both directed i think shatner directed one and nimoy directed one they they must they must have the fact that they respected one another enough to work with one another during all that i'd say they must have uh they must have released you know reached at least a working under, you know <laughs> understanding to to respect one another's differences oh yeah Nimoy, Nimoy, I know, directed um, Star Trek Four, hmm. and Shatner, I know, did five, and I think six, but I'd have to look that up to double check. I do find it kind of funny that Nimoy actually released two autobiographies, one in 1977 called "I Am Not Spock," and one in '95 yeah. titled "I Am Spock." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he definitely at some point came to terms with with him being Spock, and. I mean, he was he was very much against it for a while. Like I remember, there was a period of time where he did not want people even saying anything Spock related to him, and and I don't know what changed, but he eventually just came to I I guess embrace it. Yeah, I just I think he came to terms with you know well embrace is is exactly the right word for it. Like it's um, he he must have been resentful of being typecast or whatever the I guess that's the right word for it. I mean yeah, I mean I guess you can't really be typecast as a Vulcan, but. <laughs> You know, like, just... people people see him, I mean, even to this day, people see him and people see Spock, and I think he didn't he didn't quite enjoy that for a while, and he wanted to be seen as more than that, given that, I mean, he had spent, you know, some pl- decade-plus playing other characters, and has mm-hmm. other characters under his belt. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, coming to Hero Talk right now, we have Vernon, the Black Dragon himself. Vernon, welcome to Hero Talk. 
Oh my god, hi! <laughs> hey. Skype took forever. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> we can't we can't wait for you forever, man. I got Hero Talks, fine. man. We the clock never <laughs> stops ticking on Hero Talk. I know. Thanks for having me in. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we were uh we were just talking about uh Leonard Nimoy. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Vernon. He actually played Mr. Spock on Star Trek. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. And and Mr. Spock on just about everything else too. Now, I'm se- I, can somebody I'm help me with this one this here? Transformers. I'm I'm seeing he has a TV credit for the Big Bang Theory as Mr. Spock. Somebody please tell me that didn't happen. It did happen. He was an it action did. figure, though. He he vo- he did a voiceover, though. He didn't actually appear. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that makes guess... it better or worse. <laughs> well, the I, I guess Penny bought uh, Sheldon and uh, Leonard, I guess, Spock action figures with, like, the, the, the transporter toy or whatever. Um, <laughs> Sheldon broke Leonard's, or he broke his own and switched it with Leonard's, and then he spent the whole, a whole episode feeling guilty. And Spock was in his dream, in his imagination, basically, you know, you know you want to, you know you want to switch it, and then oh, you're terrible for switching it, and, you know, so, it, yeah, <laughs> that that was basically what it was. Wow, I am so sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure if he actually did a physical appearance um, after that, because that was maybe season five or six or something like that, and I stopped after six, so I'm not sure if he made yeah. a physical appearance. I'm only I mean, ever seen the one credit. So. Yeah, they mentioned him before, mm-hmm. like, I guess um, Penny got a autographed napkin of his, and yeah. Shelton was like, "Yeah, I can make my own clone." Yeah, I, I saw that. That or I saw that part of it. I should say, I I watch Conan every night. That usually means mm. I get to tune in for like the last minute and a half of Big Bang Theory, and that's oh, yeah. that's my that's my introduction to the show. So I, well, I've never seen a full episode. I've probably seen the last ninety seconds of just about every one of them. So I know how everything <laughs> nice. wraps up in every episode, even though I don't know what happened. Like, oh, that guy's in space now. I guess I don't know. All is well. Yeah. Uh, so another character, before we get too deep into Mr. Spock, and, and we can talk about whatever we want here, but uh, I do want to make sure that we touch on another character, and one who I've really, truly appreciated, was Galvatron. Yes! <laughs> uh, he is downright menacing as Galvatron, and, and scary, I would actually say. And he delivered these lines, and I, I mean, this was a movie I saw in the theater, I like to point out, because I'm old. And it, I mean, it was downright menacing where like I had horrible dreams about Galvatron after I saw this movie because he was a scary guy. And you come to, you know, you come later in life and you find out that's Leonard Nimoy and that was your, your friend Spock who you were watching on that cartoon show all those times. Yeah, I, right. I watched the cartoon before I actually saw the original series. That's how it works. I was a kid and it was the 80s. Um, it, it was, it just, it really blew my mind that, you know, here was this guy who I saw as this nice logical being and, you know, he's all even keeled. And next thing you know, he's also this scary, you know, we all have to die sometime, Autobot. And, and then you get to see uh, the original yes. series and you get some good, the pain, which is still hilarious to this day. And I love it. And <laughs> man, to, uh, you have to be a professional time. actor to go out there and start reading those lines and say like, well, gotta get my paycheck. Right? Yeah. <laughs> gotta get paid, gotta do your thing. But yeah, Galvatron was amazing. Um Ah, that cartoon. That's that uh, Star Trek cartoon was, was something. Yeah, I actually quite liked the cartoon. Now maybe it's because it's that was my introduction to the original series. Uh, mm. you know, I, I grew up in sort of this weird time where I was watching rerun- reruns of the cartoon for the original series, and around that same time, uh, or very shortly afterwards, the next generation came out. So I, I think I had managed to go for a long time before I actually realized that that whole original series 
was a thing. You know, this is you know the world before DVDs and Netflix. You you basically only got to see it when somebody decided to run a marathon on New Year's Day. Right. And and you always you had to choose between that and the Twilight Zone marathon. And I don't know how you make that choice. To be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> Uh, it, it's hard. They're they're almost the same show, really. Star Trek was very much sort of a, a Twilight Zone in space, and the science was super soft just to get them onto planets run by Nazis and communists and whatever, and I <laughs> loved every second of it, and I wouldn't have changed a single thing about that show. <laughs> Nothing, really? Nothing. Not, not, not right. a single thing. Except may, maybe, well, no. Well, a big fuzzy triple for you. Yeah. That was exactly my thought. Like, do I really want to change Trouble with Tribbles? And I thought, no. No, I don't. Even though I think I think it's universal. Everybody hates that episode. Uh, that's okay. I don't hate it as much as some people. Yeah. I, I don't. As I've gotten older, I've, turned, I've, I've, sen- I've since uh, learned to appreciate it. Not so much like it, but appreciate it. <laughs> or... Yeah. Uh, also, should point out, and much as I don't like to to, to go into the video game realm here on Hero Talk, because that's that's uh, kind of Jeff's that's Jeff's job. Yeah, but, easy uh, there. He was a uh, Leonard Nimoy <laughs> also provided the voice of Sentinel Prime in the Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I think it was a game. Or was that a movie? Oh, really? That was a movie. Yeah. I, it was a movie, uh, and then did he did he provide the voice work for for the don't, game? Don't know. I, I don't know. I'd be i yeah. given that it was a tie-in. I, I'd be surprised if they didn't yeah. at least try. Well, I guess know? we should probably mention then that he provided the voice for Sentinel Prime in Transformers: Dark of the Moon. You fail to understand, Autobots. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, I guess I, I should be really glad that of all the, the lines that he's given and have been given about him that have been co-opted for various memorials, nobody's taken that line and done anything dumb with it. Because, listen, I, I celebrate the man's entire career, but if one more person says he truly lived long and prospered, it's like, <laughs> listen, knowing Leonard Nimoy the way I did, which is I didn't, but knowing what I know about Leonard Nimoy, he would be rolling his eyes so hard at, like, the tenth person who said that. And be basically saying, in his Leonard Nimoy way, can't you think of something original? I think I'm going to stick with his um, interpretation on Letterman from yeah. now on. What was Live that? long, prosperously, and keep on hanging and banging. <laughs> Did you guys see the picture that's circulating on Facebook today about, like, it's, it's his picture and he's given the, the live long and prosper sign and... <laughs> and the caption is he truly did. Yeah. <sighs> you know, I don't I don't think he'd know, be cool with this to be honest with you. I don't think he would be. <laughs> I think he'd be like I didn't know on. is that he is that he actually came up with that um hand signal himself based off the way when he was little the way that the Jewish priests would hold their hands when giving blessings. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I heard, I heard I heard that. Yeah. And uh I get. I gather he could do it without. You know how some people can't do it, and they have to actually, like, you know, take their fingers and pry them apart manually. <laughs> I gather he must have had the ability to do that on yeah. on cue. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can just yeah. Throw up the ball. I can do it with both hands. I also didn't realize that actually the thing he says the most, obviously, "Live long and prosper," is also based on a. It's the same Jewish symbol for the hand. When they do that, apparently in Hebrew. Now, obviously, I'm not going to try the Hebrew version, but I'll, I'll go with, we, we don't I'll go we don't need English. to be slapped with anti-Semitism here yeah. on Hero I'll Talk. Go, I'll go with the I'll go with the English translation. It says, "May the Lord bless and keep you, and may the Lord cause His countenance to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and grant you peace. The accompanying spoken blessing: Live long and prosper." Oh, I'm okay. so glad that was cut down. Yeah. 
that would that would have like that would have added minutes to every single episode. Yeah. Oh jeez, <laughs> that's, that's longer than the Green Lantern's pledge. That's that's yeah. up there. And he's only got to do that one like once a day. It's not like he's got to say <laughs> it to people. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I guess I knew maybe half of that. But I, I didn't know the full story behind it. So did he come up with that himself, or did like did somebody talk to him? Like was Roddenberry there and like, hey, we're trying to think of something for Spock to do. Do you have any ideas? From what I've been able to gather, um, he went to Roddenberry and suggested maybe this would be a thing his character might do. Hmm. Yeah, I, I've I've heard him credited for coming up with a lot of the those touches, you know, that kind of fleshed out, rounded out character and the, some of those signature things so yeah he does yeah. he does deserve a lot of that credit i mean we, we we sometimes forget because we've seen him play spock so much that he he was an actor for many many years before he played spock and i mean he was talented at his craft so he'd be the kind of guy who could think up things like this for his characters i mean i don't know if you really see it come from too many people today although i guess i'm being unfair to modern day actors because i do sometimes hear stories about some actors like the guy from arrow and he's uh, he's developed this quirk where Oliver does when whenever he picks up a bow, he kind of like gives it a look and gives a sigh. And it, I didn't even realize he was doing that, but he he came out and said like, yeah, I decided that like Oliver would be uncomfortable without a bow, so it almost was a relief every time he picked one up. And that's why he does that. If you look every time he picks up a bow, he looks at it. And he kind of oh. gives us like this brief. Ah, okay. Now now I'm good. Now I know what I'm doing. I'll have to watch the show now. It's a good show. <laughs> it does lack a certain Mr. Leonard Nimoy in it, unfortunately. But I'm trying to bring so, it back. That was a horrible. That was a horrible, <laughs> horrible transition. I'm else. sorry. Oh, going so back man. to his going back to his directing, I did not realize until well just now that he also directed the movie Three Men and a Baby he as sure well did. as Star Trek Three. Yeah, didn't he? He also did another one of the Star Treks, right? He did Star Trek Four. Yeah, three and four. The one, the one where they were in uh, San Diego. Was it San Diego or San Francisco? I don't remember. I, be- I believe it's San Francisco, but don't hold me to that. <laughs> yeah, maybe San Francisco. I mean, where where else could Spock dress like he did and nobody actually look twice at him? <laughs> I do find it amazing that up until the 2009 movie came out, it was the highest grossing of the Star Are Trek you films. Yeah, yes. I'd heard that too. No, I refuse to believe that. <laughs> no, you lie. <laughs> oh man. Now, yeah, and I we... still love whenever he doesn't understand how cussing works in that movie. <laughs> 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 Easily one of the funniest bits they run through on that. Yeah, I will say I I am a pretty big fan of uh, of Scotty trying to talk into the mouse on the computer. Hello, computer. Hello, <laughs> computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we ought to mention this because this is you, you kind of brought it up, but like he, Spock, he sort of became. Now he's credited; his actual title is Spock Prime, but he's uh he's the carryover character from the original series all the way up into the modern action movies that we've we've been seeing. In fact, he was in both uh, Star Trek and the uh, Into Darkness, right? Yeah, how much do so. they have to throw at him to get him to do those cameos? I, I, I don't know. I, I think he would have been happy to act as a bridge. I mean, he 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 fronted up for a two-part. You've probably seen this, Greg, episode yeah. of TNG without a, a lot of badgering. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. He know, uh, I, he was on TNG. I think he, more than twice, right? Possibly. I, I could be I could be forgetting. I remembered a two-parter uh, specifically, but like I think he respects that he you know his character brings some gravity and some weight to things, and you know it would make sense for why they would want somebody to hand off the <laughs> yeah. 
the series. Uh, I don't. I don't think they would have had to pay him an astronomical fee. I. I, I, th- oh. I think you know at, at this point in his life, or at the late stages of his life in particular, he um, was proud of the character and, and was probably very happy to see it pass into you know new new hands. No, so. I. I know he gave an interview in two thousand five where he said that he would be happy to play Spock again, but he wanted to make sure. He didn't want people to think he was just in it for the money. He wanted to know that it was a good script and treated the characters and the fans of the characters with the proper respect. Yeah, I I heard a story that he uh, he actually turned down Star Trek Generations because he just he didn't like how, how what, what Spock was there. Something about the way Spock was portrayed in that one, and in that one he would have been just like with with Chekhov and 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 Scotty. He would have Spock would have been in like the first scene yeah. and would have basically done nothing and then and then hand it off to to Shatner to be the big <laughs> they hand it off to Shatner to to be the big hero and then die at the end of the movie and then have Picard bury him under some rocks and not actually tell anybody that hey remember you know <laughs> remember Captain Kirk you know the our most famous guy that we have in in the whole history of Starfleet yeah i found him he was in that nexus hey. thing and uh, he just died a hero, so maybe we should give him some a uh, hero's welcome and actually like let people know what he did and his sacrifice for it. No, I'm just gonna put him under some rocks. I'll let the coyotes have him. <laughs> so uh, I, I can believe that story because if I was Leonard Nimoy, I would also go like, no, 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 you can't do that. I mean, even Look. even Shatner didn't like that. Shatner actually he wrote a book. Uh, in in the Star Trek universe, which I'm pretty sure is canon, in which something about uh, the the Borg revived him somehow. Like the Borg found him and revived him, and then he kind of they they got him living again. But then he he fought his way. I haven't actually read the thing, and I want to say it's called Star Trek Rebirth. But I do own the book because I thought it was very interesting that Shatner decided that he didn't like the way that they 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 killed him off. So he wrote his hmm. own book bringing Kirk back. He was like, I'm gonna go ahead and say no. He signed on for way. it. <laughs> Yeah, well, when he signed on for it, I think the intention was they weren't going to keep him dead. And I think they edited uh. the movie to make him stay dead. And I don't think he, he knew that that was, that was the intention. Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought the whole Nexus thing was him actually being dead, not... Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was more about him being out of time, but, I, you know, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, and it was pretty terrible, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. un- unfortunately, um, yeah. I don't want to slip too far into gaming territory, but apparently he was uh, Master Zehanort in Kingdom Hearts. I don't know what, what that is. <laughs> birth by birth by sleep and uh, dream drop distance. So for you Kingdom Hearts fans, there you go. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts fans. Never say Hero Talk never gave you anything. <laughs> <laughs> All six of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we're glad for having you, Kingdom Hearts fans. You're always welcome back on <laughs> <Yes>. Hero Talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, and Shatner isn't going to be able to make it to uh, Nimoy's funeral. Yeah, I, I heard that he was uh, he was doing a Red Cross ball or something in in Florida, uh, so we won't be able to make it. Um, Does anyone a, care? It, it's a, I guess I don't understand why that was a story. Yeah, like how about we talk about you know Letter Nimoy instead of talking about what Shatner's up to. Uh, she was also, I guess, I have never seen this show, and I know there are some people who quite liked it, but he had a part in Fringe. Really? Yeah, he uh, he played Dr. William Bell in Fringe. Now, I don't, I've, like I said, I've never seen any episode of this show, but I know it has a fiercely loyal following, who, oh, yeah. who if, so if, if they were actually listening, they would, they would want me to mention them, so, I don't know, does any, 
Anybody remember him from Fringe? I've never watched the show, but it, was it any good? I, I from I what I hear, people it. people loved it, and it was it was almost it was so good they were expecting Fox to cancel it. Hmm. If, if we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna uh, give an olive branch to the Kingdom Hearts fans, we better tread lightly with the Fringe Fringe fans. <laughs> <laughs> people, I, people love Fringe, and I I just I in it's just a show that I never watched, and I'm sure I'd love it because let me tell you, there were some brown coats who back in the day when I said I like sci-fi, I'm like do you watch Firefly? No. And you almost have to duck. Right. And then, of course, they have to spend... It's almost like Jehovah's Witnesses. They have to spend the next 20 minutes telling you about why you're wrong. And you can't get them out of your house to be like, All right, well, I gotta go to bed now. I can't talk about Firefly anymore. And, yeah. Yeah, I can't can't say much. I didn't even know what Firefly was until Vern introduced it to me about maybe a year ago. Ah, yes. And I was one of those Jehovah's Witness-like people. Oh, dude, you haven't seen Firefly? (laughs) Can I tell you the good news about Malcolm Reynolds? (laughs) Let me tell you about... No. All right, I'm going to wrangle this back back onto onto Leonard Nimoy. It's it's fun to do these podcasts. I think my favorite... I've mentioned this before, but I think it was my favorite uh, scene that he did was when he was... uh, he was mind melding. It was on the original series, and he was mind melding with that that strange little like. Uh, I I don't even know what to go. It was a silicone based blob uh, creature. Yeah. You guys remember this episode? Is this in the caves? Like the the horde the, the horde thing? Yeah, or? in the in the caves. I'm trying to think of what yeah. the the name of that episode was. It was a hey. Devil in the Dark. That's what it was called. Probably would have helped if I had actually watched the series before coming on here. Yeah. Well, listen, I can't watch the entire series over a weekend. But yeah, he uh, he um. You can watch Firefly over a weekend. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, yeah, anyone can watch Firefly over a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and no, and because and I I have to do this. I'm sorry. This has become a tradition here on Hero Talk. So that episode, the Devil in the Dark, that was a Hallmark ornament last year, which I I'm almost sad to say I didn't buy. But I want to point out hey. for people who are maybe thinking of decorating their trees next year that one of the planned ornaments for uh, and this I this was already in in the works, but one of the planned ornaments for next year, and I can't imagine they're going to have any trouble selling this is uh. From Wrath of Khan, and it is the uh, the the Spock Kirk scene. Where they're both on opposite sides of the glass, and and Spock gives his his very famous speech. Now the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or mm-hmm. the one. And uh, so that's coming 2015. So Hero Talk listeners, where you come mm-hmm. for all of your Hallmark ornament news. Here, it there is going to sell like hotcakes. I am going to buy the crap out of that. Yeah. I I can't imagine not. Now they have the thing is is like Hallmark loves Star Trek. They have Star Trek ornaments every single year. I mean this year was the uh, the Devil in the Dark. Last year was the Arena, and actually I got that one for my. That's on my Christmas tree. Ooh. Which is because it's it's the Gorn and he makes the cannon and it's hilarious and I love that episode. <laughs> um, there's usually there's usually a couple ships that come out too. I think uh, there was a Spock just standing with his tricorder. It was uh, I think a couple of years ago and. The arena was, or not the arena, the, uh, oh, the other one, the one where, which was the one where they all, they fight? Amok Time, yeah, where, where, where Kirk and Spock fight because he was going through his Vulcan puberty. The pond fire? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think if people really wanted to, uh, immortalize Spock on the Christmas tree, they're gonna get plenty of opportunities. So there you go, Hero Talk, a little something special for you guys out there. Right. Merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Yeah, I, I, I swear, Hallmark should be paying me for the money for all of the 
the revenue that I'm sending their way. Literally, all eight of my fans <laughs> now. <you> Jack. <laughs> yeah. I did not realize this, being that uh, I live in New England, but uh, apparently uh, Mr. Nimoy was born in Boston. Born in Boston. He was a Patriots fan, ladies and gentlemen. That is his most famous role, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Was he the man that deflated the balls? Oh, oh. Oh, come on. He had the opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, but he was... He was on and prosper. Yeah. He was he's a he was a huge Patriots fan and I'm glad he got to see them win one more time and he probably yeah. laughed about the Deflate Gate as much as I do because I will sit here and bathe in the tears of the haters because you can say what you want about deflated balls but who wears the rings Tom Brady and Leonard Nimoy knew it there we go that whole thing was most illogical <laughs> <laughs> now I'm did you guys ever ever hear these like this these audio books that that uh, Leonard Nimoy did with John Delancey uh. It was it was like a it was called Spock versus Q, and like Wait, what I, like a no, a novel. Like it was I mean it wasn't a written book like that's I, I've only just recently heard about this thing, but it was all like a recorded book where the two of them got together and I have to imagine and this is what it is in my head they got together and conversed as in character. That's awesome. At least it sounds awesome. It does sound awesome, and I can tell you from personal experience that it is on back order on Amazon right now. Well, right now, yeah. Right now, yeah. I, I imagine whatever <laughs> company holds the uh, holds the publishing rights to that, uh, Alien Voices, by the way, I just looked it up. So Alien Voices is probably like thanking their lucky stars because right now I can't imagine there's many people who don't want to buy it. But it's <laughs> seriously. I mean, yeah, it's there's there was two of them in fact. There was a, I think one was called Spock versus Q, and one was Q versus Spock, maybe. But it's so it's just them talking in character. That's what I think it is. Yeah, like one is a debate between the two of them, and then the second one, I don't know, was like a a discussion over a meal. (laughs) Yeah, they're debating the fate of mankind, and it's one is Q and one is Spock, and so now I I don't know if if. I really want to tell everybody out there because I don't want everyone just trying to, to buy all this right now when I'm trying to get my own copy of it. However, I already ordered it, so <laughs> screw you guys. Yeah, you should buy this thing. I mean, I right. it sounds amazing, quite frankly. Uh, I can't believe I didn't know it existed before. Yeah, me either. That sounds very interesting. Hmm. I mean, it, it's it sounds like the kind of insane thing that like it would be a fan fiction or something. I mean, doesn't yeah, it like? Right. Like, some guy writes down in his basement, like, Spock and Q are debating the fate of mankind. I'm, I don't know why I did that voice. I'm sorry. Way to go it's, with it, the voice. I mean, it's... You're <laughs> totally not, you're alienating my audience here. Um, <laughs> you're not... You know, uh, Spock and, and Q, they're debating <laughs> over, over a cheeseburger. Yeah. The thing oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I should also point out... Ever. Yeah. All right, so I, I'm, I'm going to say this, though. Uh, if you do have a an account on Audible. You can find the book on Audible, and if you don't, uh, it is one of the uh, available free audiobooks that you can you can download for free when you sign up for an Audible account. So, hmm. so throwing that out. So if you just like maybe want to just hear the one and see if it was any good before trying it out, you uh, you start an Audible trial, you get the free book, and you can give it a listen. So never say I didn't Great. do anything for you. You know, speaking of writing, something I didn't realize until, well, again, just now, is he actually wrote three screenplays. Oh, I didn't even know the that. First was, the first was no for idea. a movie called Vincent in 1981 based on a play about Vincent Van Gogh. He also helped to write um, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, and Star mm-hmm. Trek VI, The Undiscovered Countries. Yeah. A lot of people like Star Trek VI. You don't? I do. I'm one of those people. Well, 
Okay. Just because I chose to word it <laughs> in a strange way. Maybe it's not like it was a segue. Uh, don't, 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 here's don't why I don't like it. A lot of people like it. Uh, some some yeah. dragon rage coming your way. <laughs> yeah. It's just, odd, that's, it's, that's how I talk about things. I, a lot of people I, like that. I'm one of them. I find the uh, even odd rule works <laughs> for me. You know, odd suck, even's good by and large. Even's are good, yeah. Yeah, although I think the next generation ones were all fairly weak, to be, if we're being perfectly honest. Oh, no, I'm just talking about the original one. I think I'll, I, I, I'm with you. you. Even though the Borg one does have some moments in it. Uh, that's I'll, the only one I would say is somewhat passive. Yeah, I, I just, it's just they, the, the thing that pisses me off about that one is how much they ignore, like, you know, oh, we can't interfere with the space, con- uh, you know, continuum of space. And then they start talking to a guy about, oh, there's going to be a statue of you 12, 12 feet over there. <laughs> what? Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the whole thing about Star Trek, and this comes up more than once, is they, they talk all about the Prime Directive and they can't violate the Prime Directive. And I'm like, you, you vi- every episode you violate the Prime Directive. Why do you even have a Prime Directive? You know, and Spock even is yeah, okay with it. Like <laughs> Spock, if he was a truly logical man, would have walked off his, his post and be like, "I'm not going to violate the Prime Directive for the seventy third time in a row." Yeah, they spend a lot of time talking about why they can't break the Prime Directive, and then they spend a, an equal amount of time talking about why they should this one time. Yeah, <laughs> we we can't. We have to. Okay, just this one time, we're going to violate the Prime Directive. It's almost like it's on their calendars every Tuesday at four. Violate the Prime Directive. You almost expect one day them to one day they'll just retcon everything. Say, okay, we're gonna go back to the very first time we did this and not do it. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Is they screwed up everything, so they went back in time and tried to institute the prime directive, but then it turns out they just ignored it anyway. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez, Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> now this, I think, Letter Nimoy would have approved of. <laughs> You know they're going to break the Prime Directive again in the next Star Trek movie. No, they, they you can't break the Prime Directive. That's why it's the Prime Directive. <laughs> they're going to. What's the next movie about? Just is say. It, is it Tribbles? I don't... Uh, you the, know what? It may just be. Is, the rumor is the third movie is going to be what if the Borg came earlier than they did in the original time. Oh, then. please, no. Please, uh-huh. no. Okay. Well, they yeah, did, they did alter the timeline altogether, so they could they have every you know right to do it if oh, they, they wanted to. Oh, they could do it. I just... <laughs> they're talking about, they've, they've been talking about bringing Shatner in to the third movie, but I haven't heard anything solid yet. Yeah. No, the thing is... Oh, I thought he already signed the contract. Did he? Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, well, I've heard the same rumors, but I haven't heard anything final. Maybe I'm assuming then, but I thought that he had already signed the contract. Hang on. I think if he hasn't now with Nimoy being gone, I think there'll be more, even more of a push yeah. to uh, incorporate. Uh, no. Do you think Nimoy him? like filmed any scenes for the for the next movie? Have they started that yet? I, I I'm, sure. I'm assuming they haven't even like got a script or like I think they probably have a date in mind and a, and that's about it really. But I don't know for sure. Yeah, I mean, because that was that was one of my thoughts, and I I I know that's a terrible thing when you know the man passes and the first thing I think of is like, what are they going to do for the Star Trek movies now? All right, I get it. And I'm not even a fan of these new movies, but his character was still hanging around, and to have him—I mean, you don't want to—you don't want to write him completely off, but at the same time, you don't want to do something cheesy where a body double stands in for him. And I guess I don't know. Maybe you just let him do what he intended to do with the first movie, and like, well, young Spock's doing his thing, and old Spock's just hanging out somewhere. Yeah, it seems more like a rumor, but uh, William Shatner tweeted about it. <laughs> Yeah, I know he wanted to so be in the first back. one. He really did, but they uh oh, one of the reasons they they didn't do it is because they thought that since the last time moviegoers saw him, he was dead. 
and he at that point he mentioned like, well, I wrote this book where he comes back to life, and they're like, okay, but what what are we supposed to do? We're making this new movie, this new reboot. We supposed to dedicate the first act to how you came back to life? I mean, it's... yep. Well, yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Now, I would watch that movie. I, I just want to point that out. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> from, from... I feel it would help the new actor yeah. to yeah. play me. <laughs> if they know. Oh, I really wish Chris Pine would pause more when he talked like that. But yeah, me too. I uh, I, I do think that you could dedicate some time to that and just have him come back. Like, well, you screwed up the timeline, so he didn't die now. The next generation exactly. never happened, so there you go. Spock stopped before he went into the Nexus and picked him up. Like, come on, I got a mission for you. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> he got him from the Nexus. There you go. The only the only thing that I'll ask about if if uh, if Shatner does do a cameo in the <laughs> next Star Trek movie is, could he just say, sounds like fun? <laughs> from from Generations? Yes. Uh, yes. I just, I would love it if he said that. It just sounds like fun. I was making yep. breakfast. Be funny if he, he came in and broke. He came in and broke the fourth wall. He'd just be like, "I have to ask, how did altering the timeline turn Con white?" <laughs> Man, you really More altered some stuff. British, yeah. Wow, white and British. White and British. I don't like. Con. Man, don't get me wrong. Yeah, Be- Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch did a decent job. It's just there was there was less poetry quoting. Yeah, I mean, in, in he his he did a good-ish job. I'm willing to give him ish. However, I'm like, you have to remember, you're you're trying to follow somebody who owned the role. I mean, Ricardo Montalban, that was his. Mm. He owned it. I mean, he he was Khan. And Khan, and now I got this new Benedict Cumberbutt here, and I don't know what's going on with him, and I don't remember him from anything else. (laughs) You know, it just kind of bothered me. What I found hysterical about that was the big reveal scene where he goes, my name is Khan. Like, yeah, but see, at this point, they've never met you before, so that's not really a reveal. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that, Khan. Yeah. In the movie, you had been, yeah, in the movie, you had already been in an episode of the TV show, so they knew, oh shit, that's Khan. Here's just some dude who they're like, oh yeah, old Spock mentioned you. Yeah. Woo. Right? Well, remember Chekhov when he realizes... Like, do you know, yeah. like, he has that look of realization where he realizes we have to get out of here right yeah. now. Like, <laughs> like that look of terror. Yeah. There's yeah. none of that. Because they don't know who it's, this it's guy like, is. He no. reveals himself right. to the audience. He yeah. might as well have just looked at the camera and been like, my name is Khan. Wink, wink. <laughs> Go to Wikipedia if you want to know more. <laughs> yeah. Hello, fanboys. Because, I mean, that's that's who he was revealing it to. And plus, I don't know a single person who didn't know that already walking into that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, oh, hell yeah. yeah. Everybody. That was everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, don't know, I don't know why they thought they were going to keep that a secret because everyone knew. Ev- everyone. I... And if you didn't know, you already looked it up. <laughs> yeah. Although, I guess, uh, whatever. Let's move on. Let's get back to Leonard Nimoy. I don't want to talk about Star Trek anymore. <laughs> is there is there more Galvatron stuff we could talk about? The guys played Spock so much. We keep coming back to Star Trek. There's got to be something else out there. Well, Galvatron. I mean, he only did it for the movie, and then Sentinel Prime for yeah for the Dark of the Moon. We already caught that. So I mean, uh, unless there's something else I didn't know I, about. But, I did enjoy know. that show when I was a kid. I did enjoy that show in search of. It was like a it was like a 
monster of the week. Well, not monster. No, I mean, like, was it sort of like an unsolved mysteries, and that like these are things that were purportedly true, or was it sort of like it would do crop circles on one episode, it would do Loch Ness monster on one one episode, it would do you know type py- pyramids in the jungle or something like that. You know, it was always an unexplained. I think it, they might have done an episode on Oak Island and all these other, you know, a lot of other mysteries. Basically, mm. uh, it, basically, yeah. I mean, un- un- not so much crime, though. Like, when you say Unsolved Mysteries, I'm kind of with, I-, I kind of agree, except the fact that Unsolved Mysteries had murder and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Unsolved first. Mysteries kind of used both, which made yeah. it made it yeah. scarier, in effect. And yeah. if you were interested in listening to more or hearing more about Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> there's actually an article on Unsolved Mysteries included in some of the scariest TV shows of all time, Right now at enthusiasts.com. Mm-hmm. Yep, check it out. In plug. The, uh, there we go. That's right. In the attic. Just got. Yeah, I found kind of interesting. In the bills. I did not realize that before he started, before he was Spock, obviously, he was actually in the army and made it all the way to the rank of sergeant. Oh, really? He was in the War. army? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I had. He was all. He, yep. I had no idea. Yeah. Hmm. So wait, I so that would have put him in, in World Army, War II, but... right? Or was it just was this post World War II? No, this was this was the fifties. He fought. Oh in yeah, that's right. So he was, he was born in thirty one, so he would have been quite young for World War Two. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, I did seven not do that old, math in my head immediately. Just <laughs> running out there. I got this, guys. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Get back here, Nimoy. That kid's got gumption. You want to live forever? <laughs> was that the Starship Troopers? <laughs> yeah, that was Starship <laughs> I think Troopers. So, yeah. Yeah. Come back or you won't live long and prosper. (laughs) (laughs) Is it okay if I use that later? Oh, boy. I did not know that. So he was in for, I mean, Sergeant. So that's like four or five years, right? Maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Huh. I know he was was honorably discharged in 57. Okay. I believe he he enlisted, it said, in 52. He has acting credits that go back to like 51. Was he acting while he was in the Army? He did. He did a role in fifty. He did a role in fifty one, and then I then he went over to fight. I don't know if he did any acting while he was over there, but then I know when he came back in fifty seven, he started acting again. Now, when you say over there, uh, Korea? Yes. Okay. Over there. <laughs> over I'm there. Leaving, I'm leaving it ambiguous. <laughs> it was. It was My Korea. Biography. All right. Listen. I. I. There, if there's one thing I know for sure, it's that I don't have a lot of fans, but. If there's another thing I know for sure, it's that none of them are from North Korea. I am not worried about the North Koreans being offended by what we say here on Hero Talk. Well, I don't think a lot of people are worried about the North Koreans. Anyway, Hello, um, Jeffrey. Uh, <laughs> they, you know what? They hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> Much like the Patriots, bringing it back to Leonard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh my God, freaking <laughs> Patriots. Anyway, Leonard Nimoy, Super Bowl champions. Hey, I'm just saying, yeah, Leonard boring, Nimoy. One of one boring. of his tweets, which I which I shared with the world, at, the, that was my my acknowledgement of his passing. Was when he said, "Never count Brady out," and that's the advice I have to all of you out there: never count Brady out. That guy can throw a football. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest; that made me really happy that the Patriots won, <laughs> just because at least he got to see his team win one last time. Yeah. yeah. Of course, he was pretty used to seeing his team win because he's from Boston. So. <laughs> To I'm sorry. I'm so sick of hearing the the of the Patriots and stuff like that. I just uh, well, I mean, I they keep winning, so I can understand where you you keep hearing. It. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we we turned into sports talk for a second here. <laughs> this is a little weird. We we got Mike from Framingham. Mike, yeah, you're on the air with sports talk with Judge Greg. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I got nothing. <laughs> no, we got. We, we just need to stop right there because we're just we're gonna go down a bad road if we keep doing that. <laughs> all right. All right. So, what else we got? All right. You know what? And and I just can we talk about three men and a baby for a second? Like I know this is not really what people think of when they think Leonard Nimoy, but we did say he did direct this movie. Uh, that was Ooh. a funny movie. And directing comedy is hard, especially for somebody who didn't do any comedy before that. And I think that speaks to his skill set as a director. To be able to direct a movie with, I mean, and plus, let me let's look at who he had. He had Ted Danson, Steve Gutenberg, and Magnum PI. That name is escaping me right now. <laughs> Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Thank you. <laughs> it's like he lost a bet. They said, "Here, take these three guys and make it funny." <laughs> it now. really is. Like he lost a bet. That that movie sounds like something that somebody just made up when they were high, and he took it and. I, I don't care what people say. I think it's funny, and I think it really speaks to Leonard Nimoy of of his of his range that he was able to do that. And I want to make sure that we we address that. I mean, he's not just a good actor; he was a good and talented director. Yeah. Mm. Plus, people really really love Star Trek Four, and he did that one too. So um. they don't like Star Trek Three, however, and he did that one. So maybe we'll 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 say he's batting about six sixty on that. Yeah. <laughs> I note your language has become much more colorful since we've arrived. Double <laughs> dumbass and such. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess before I don't want to drag this on too much, and I think what we really did is we we wanted to come here and have a, a, a brief celebration of, of his career. And I mean, I I think we've we've really talked to a lot of these things, and we've also hopefully informed our listeners out there of some new projects that he was involved with that they didn't know about, like until mm. he passed. I had no idea about this Spock versus Q thing, and I am looking forward to it so much. And just the idea that it's not just a book that you happen you happen to read, but it's actually you know it's you know John Delancey and Leonard Nimoy talking to each other in character. I am looking forward to this thing so much. I if if there was ever a time when I could do a hero talk on an audio CD, this would be it. But I probably won't because. I don't know what you... You should all listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you should all just go listen to it instead of listening to me talk about it. Crazy? No, I'm saying, like, we should all listen to it and then <laughs> hear her talk about <laughs> <on> it. <laughs> well, it's... Today on Enthusiastic Rift Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried to put one of those together. Trust me, that's a lot more work than you. Like, yeah, it's not... Trying to sync up a Rift Tracks and cost Skype, it's... Well, anyway. <laughs> Unless you all really want to hear one, in which case, let me know. Hero Talk at Enthusiastic.com. At Enthusiastic.com. <laughs> I just got to make sure I get the plug in there. All right, so guys, hey, thanks for coming on and doing this with me again. Of course. Mm. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. So uh, we will be back in two weeks for uh, a normal hero talk. That is pending any other large news story that affects the, the hero world that I would have to cover. Yeah. So pending that, we will be back with the movie. Uh, let us know what you think about these special editions. Do you like them? Would you rather just like just shut up and talk about films, meathead? Let us know. That's in hero talk at enthusiast.com as always for more podcasts let's plays articles videos and reviews visit enthusiast.com you can subscribe to our youtube channel that's uh, youtube.com slash enthusiast and as always we'll see you right back here on the next hero talk live long and prosper now the theme song plays <laughs> Do 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 do